Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And it's still spooky season. We're still here. Yeah, still spooky season. This is our third episode of the month, right? Mm, I think. Who knows anymore? Honestly, I was sick for two weeks, so this month is a blur, unfortunately. But we're here, you know, we're queer, and we're talking Hell House LLC today. I wish we don't have a sound effect, so that's what you'll get. <laughs> we need, um, honestly, so down, though, to like... We need a soundboard. Oh, uh, I would be so obnoxious if we had a soundboard. I want one to be like, I want the ooh. I want um I want the bonk sound. Oh. I want <laughs> applause. <laughs> I want moans, lots of moans. Uh, just me going, Daddy. Oh my god, yes. We Daddy. need it. <laughs> Honestly, we need it. I need some laughter because sometimes them jokes don't be hitting right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I won't be cackling, you know, and it's quiet. Right. <laughs> Imagine you just edit in, you just cackling your ass off and then you come back to the conversation you're like um yeah (laughs) yeah so casual like he wasn't laughing there fake um but yeah how house llc super excited to talk about this movie because i feel like a lot of people really enjoy this movie um it definitely i mean for me was like a sleeper hit and this is your first time watching it right oh my god it choked but yes it is um I watched it three times for this podcast. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, y'all should be proud of my dedication. I watched reviews. I read the Wikipedia and I still have nothing to say. So <laughs> just kidding. Okay. You know what? I'm so excited to get into it. But you know what? As promised, we have been watching a lot. Well, I have been watching so much. So I'm going to kind of just like quick fire, zoom through everything I've been watching, kind of give just my general thoughts because it's a lot. Um, So let me pull up my letterbox and we're going to just run through it. Before I jump into anything, have you seen anything recently? Um, I have watched the Chucky, um, TV show. I'm caught up. Well, I'm caught up to today. There's another episode released today as of when we're recording. So I have not, I haven't watched that obviously, but for watch the first two, I'm in love. Um, so good. Yeah. The way that he says uh, gender fluid is forever replaying in my mind. Gender fluid. I I say it like throughout the day and my fucking coworkers are like, what is happening? Just me walking around. Gender fluid. So good. You know, let's start with TV shows. I've also been watching the Chucky TV series. I'm glad we're on it uh, because it's great. It's amazing. Like, it's reinvigorated my love for this franchise. Obviously, growing up, Child's Play was like one of my faves. And Mm -hmm. it did kind of fall off for a little bit there. But in rewatching Bread of Chucky for this podcast, it kind of sent me into like a rabbit hole of like rewatching all of the movies. And they're just so great. And this series is just awesome. I've enjoyed every episode so far. Can't wait. I can't wait to see where we're going. Where's right Jennifer now. Tilly? I'm waiting for her. 
I'm drooling. Chucky in a Hello Kitty mask is like my <laughs> me with my fucking customer service voice. <laughs> He's so funny. I love him so much. Brad Dorf is a king and a legend. Not a monster, Jake. <laughs> I love them. I love them so much. Honestly, the queerest like franchise in all of horror, thanks to Don Mancini. So just if that you haven't seen part. the series, check it out. They upload it to YouTube. I mean, so far, they've been uploading it to YouTube every episode, usually like next day. Um, so go to YouTube, run, frolic your way over there and check it out. Um, I've also been watching the I Know What You Did Last Summer TV show, which is on Amazon Prime. Um, they like released the first four episodes in like just one go. So one weekend where I was hacking up everything my internal organs were coming up through my fucking throat uh, i decided just to watch all of them so i watched all four episodes and i don't know it i have like some issues with it but i really enjoy it so far i i don't i don't i don't know why i think the story is like really intriguing and it's pretty chaotic like everything is so chaotic and I am just a messy bitch that lives for drama. So like every episode is something different and I'm like, I'm loving it. Um, it's great. The first episode I will say is like really hard to sit through because it's like the introduction to all the characters and they're awful. Um, but what, if you can stomach that first episode and get through it, and then as soon as you get to the second episode, things really start to kind of take shape and it, it just gets better from there. I would recommend a watch. I wouldn't go into it expecting, I mean, so far, I wouldn't go into it expecting to see a fucking, you know, a fisherman. Like, don't go in there expecting fucking Ben Willis um, or Will Benson, Ben's son. Don't expect any of that so far. But I think it's great. Um, I've never seen Pretty Little Liars, but it kind of gives me that kind of vibe. So I think it's a good time. And if you have Amazon Prime, I definitely think it's worth a watch. I need to watch the latest episode. So, How far are they into the season? The fifth episode just released this past Friday. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but they release every Friday, and there's a total of eight episodes. Okay. Um, so it's not too hard. And honestly, again... If you like really enjoy like kind of like messy drama and chaos and murder, then yeah, it's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up your alley. It's really great. Um, and I'm honestly surprised. Like it was a journey, but also uh uh Brianne Tichu, and I've tweeted about her, I posted about her on the slasher page as well. An icon, a legend, like a modern screen queen to me. She's been in like so many horror-related projects, including the Scream TV series. And all of her character starts off as probably the worst. Um, her arc is kind of developing uh, and she's quite enjoyable. I mean, obviously a great actress. So it's just great. It's great. If you have the time, I would definitely check it out. I think it's definitely worth it. Um, the only other like horror related TV show I've been watching is obviously I mentioned it last week, Dragula um, on Shutter. It's a Shutter original now. Fantastic. Great. I just watched the second episode last night when it dropped at midnight. And I mean, if you're into drag and, you know, horror glamour filth or you know entire tagline it's great it's everything super spooky super stunning and lots of drama i cannot stomach the drama sometimes to be honest it's a lot and 
it it just it's a lot but honestly every season of dragula is filled to the brim with drama but if you're super down for the clownery that is dragula then i would also uh check out brother ghoulish he's doing a show um a weekly recap uh with his partner so they're watching it and reviewing it and they're hilarious and their commentary is everything i need so check out dragula on cheddar if you're interested in any of that because it's fucking amazing i'm team saint so far so I'm rooting for my girl Saint, but we'll see what happens as the season progresses. Love that. Okay, girl, movies. So many things I've watched. Let's just blow through it. Have you seen any movies recently besides like what we were supposed to watch for the podcast? Um, not supposed to. Like we're fucking. I have a gun to your head. <laughs> we've already talked about the 25th anniversary of Scream. Did we? We did not talk about it. We haven't had we a chance talking about it. Me and Stormy went together to watch the 25th anniversary of Scream in a the theater. It was like a religious experience. I Honestly? was horny as fuck for Billy and Stu. Like oh. seeing them on the big screen, I was... They just hit different. Hit so different. different. Oh my God. I was horny. Like horny i was like wow these these boys on this big screen i couldn't i couldn't take it couldn't um also we brought my daughter to this experience um love (laughs) love setting that up for her honestly for on a like her own podcast someday and being like (laughs) (laughs) my first horror movie in the theater was scream my first horror movie was the 25th anniversary of Scream. Imagine I got them. to go with the Slasher podcast. <laughs> they burnt out a long time ago, but you might have remembered them. But yeah. imagine like your first horror movie in the theater being Scream. I feel like that's iconic as fuck. It's not legendary. It really right. is. I don't remember what my favorite or my first horror movie in the theater was. So the fact Mine that- was... Uh, I think I can't remember the full title, but it's something about Emily Rose. Oh, the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes, 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 yes. So that was my first one, and I was probably in like sixth grade, maybe. Interesting. You know what? Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay, literally not us talking about this, and like all the memories rushing back into my head. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it is my first horror movie experience in a theater. I'm gonna say it is, but I think it was Scream Three. Oh, cute. Scream 3 came out um, in the year 2000, I believe, right? 2000? Let me double check that really fast. I've been to the year... Oh, that's 3000. Never mind. Whoa, okay. Not a Jonas Brothers stand, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, Scream 3 came out in the year 2000. So I was five. So that's pretty early. And, like, that's probably the earliest. I remember specifically watching that movie in a theater. Um... (laughs) the drama my parents were together at the time so my dad <laughs> took me <laughs> so i remember him taking me and just being let's go watch a movie and it was scream three um so that might have been my first horror movie in a theater so honestly iconic courtney's bangs were like my introduction to horror on the big screen <laughs> <laughs> right i got to see them in 3d you said <laughs> so honestly yeah everything but yeah watching the original scream in a the theater was honestly everything like it sounded great it looked good and it just really like solidified my love for that movie. It was a blast. Yeah. They still fucked us over by not giving us the trailer then, but whatever. Yeah. I'm a little upset, but I also, we got to see somebody cosplaying as Ghostface. Oh my God. My yes. daughter surely did reel back into that bathroom a couple of steps when she saw it. <laughs> She's like, hold on. Y'all said this was fake. <laughs> Girl, yeah. The only other people in the theater with us, there was us, 
four. Uh, and then there was three other people. One of them was dressed up as Dewey. One of them had a full ghost face, uh, ghost face costume on. And the other was getting like Tatum vibes. It was like very like yeah. 90s aesthetic. So they were so adorable. And like at the end of the movie, we were all sitting there waiting for the trailer. And I was like, yeah, we were also waiting for that trailer. And we all should have <laughs> laughed together. So the horror community is fun as always. Uh, other than that, I feel like I have, but I haven't been taking notes, <laughs> honestly. But I did get to watch Halloween Kills, so... All right. Well, we're going to have a discussion about Halloween Kills later, because mm-hmm. there's just too much to talk about with that movie. Too um, much. I'm hungry. I'm angry. I d- there's... I don't have the words, right? We'll talk about Halloween Kills. I need to formulate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to like think it through a little bit more. I need to watch it a few more times. Probably need to rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to just run through all the movies that I've seen. They're going to be quick, rapid thoughts so we can get to our main discussion. Uh, first off, I watched There's Someone Inside Your House, which is a Netflix original. Um, there was great moments in it. There was some fun kills in that movie. But overall, I left disappointed. Moving on, uh, I also watched Night of the Demons, the remake, the 2009 film, which I haven't seen since 2009, and I loved it. I thought it was great. It was very self-aware, very campy, very over the top. There's demons having sex in that movie, and it's really, really unsettling. Um, But it's a good time. I really enjoyed it. I think overall, the story is slightly better than the original, although the original has like a place in my heart. But I really enjoy it. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you can stomach like ridiculous demon sex, then it's definitely worth a viewing. I also was able to watch The Power on Shudder. Um, really good, very atmospheric, um, very emotional, uh, very well acted, like extremely well acted and gorgeous, although like most of the movie's really dark. Um, it was really good, really solid. I don't have too much to say about that movie. Definitely check it out if you can. Um, I was able to watch the 1981 film The Fun House for the very first time. Um, Great, hilarious. It was really, 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 really well done. I enjoyed the characters randomly enough, Um, but it's a great film by Toby Hooper, the legendary Toby Hooper. Um, I believe it's on Peacock and you can watch it free with ads. So if anybody wants to check out The Fun House, it's really good. Um, I also was able to watch VHS 94, which, obsessed. Have you ever seen any of the VHS films? I don't think so. I always scroll past them. I believe it's Netflix that has a good amount of them. Um, but no, never give them the time of day. Me either. And we'll kind of get into it with our Hell House discussion, but found footage to me for the longest time was just like a big turnoff. So I was just like never interested in those movies. I never cared. But um, VHS 94 came out. A lot of people were talking about it. So I was like, let me check it out. Amazing. Like I literally was just like, I had a nightmare. I never have nightmares. I had a nightmare the night after I watched that movie. And maybe not, I, I, it was a stressful day. There was a lot of anxiety going on that day. So that probably didn't help. But like still like a movie has never like gave him, uh, has given me like any type of nightmares like that in mm-hmm. a very long time. Um, not to say that it's like the most terrifying thing I've ever seen because it's not, but it's really good. And it's really well done. Every single segment, it's almost like an anthology, but every single segment is so good. I am a sucker for creepy like mortuaries and morgues. And there's like a funeral scene that's like so unsettling to me. That was like the most creepy scene for me. Uh, Hmm. But if you have not seen it, I definitely recommend it because it is super twisted and super fun. Do you think you have to watch like the other ones to understand or are they all their own? Not at all. 
literally okay. not at all i not at all but it's so good it really is so good the first segment was like insane and i was like this is crazy but then the second one it felt more of like a traditional horror story that was being told and i thought it was so good like so good the third segment is a balls to the wall insanity a good time and the fourth one i was a little bit turned off at first with the fourth one just overall with the dynamic that was being presented but as it progressed it turned into like a really crazy fun like vampire story um so it's a it's a blast it really is such a blast shutter you've done it again you've raised the bar for us all um but yeah it's great and i love it and i definitely recommend it and the last movie that i've been able to watch recently is the slumber party massacre remake which obsessed like I'm so obsessed. Like, I could cry with how much I love that movie. Um, it was ridiculous. It's definitely, like, a horror comedy. I would go into it, like, being prepared for it to be, like, a horror comedy. Because it is so funny. It is so hilarious. Um, it, like, completely subverts, like, the typical slasher norms that we come to expect. Uh, I mean, in very obvious ways, like, it doesn't, like, shake the table, I will say. But it's really, really well done. It's super super fun the kills are really really fun and we get a lot of uh gratuitous shots of men in this movie which is really mm-hmm. hilarious it is so funny like it's really funny but also like really hot so i love it i love everything about it i will be purchasing it the first chance i get to get it on blu-ray i'm gonna buy it uh what's the word digitally as well it's just so good. Um, you can probably watch it. I don't know if like, I don't know how the sci-fi app works, but I know it's on the sci-fi app. So like if you sign up, maybe you can watch it like free with commercials, but <laughs> it's so good. And it's available to rent on demand right now or purchase if you would like to do so. And I really recommend it. Like I I want to be able to dedicate a whole episode to it eventually down the line because yeah. it's so good. And I just have so much to say with how much ridiculous, silly nonsense happens in it. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about it later, but let's just jump into Hell House then. Let's get into the discussion of our main topic so we can go eat. Hey everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating again. We're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. All righty, we are back. This week, we are, of course, discussing Hell House LLC, originally released on November 1st, 2016. There is no information on the budget that I was able to find. There's obviously no worldwide gross for this film either. It does have a runtime of one hour and 33 minutes. It is directed by Stephen Cognetti. And, of course, a very, 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 very stacked cast. I say that every week, but Gordon Abrams <laughs> is Paul. Danny Bellini is Alex. Jared Hacker is Tony. Ryan Jennifer Jones is Sarah, Adam Schneider is Andrew, and Alice Balky is Diane. <laughs> that is not her last name. I promise it is not Balky, but I, I don't know how else to pronounce it. But yeah, Hell House LLC. Five years after an unexplained malfunction, quotation marks, causes the death of 15 tour goers and staff on the opening night of a Halloween haunted house attraction, a documentary crew travels back to the scene of the tragedy to find uh, to find out what really happened. 
Um, so Hell House, LLC. So this was your first time watching it. Were you expecting anything? Like, did you expect it to be anything? Um, I was expecting like a low budget Blair Witch vibe. Um, probably just the typical shaky cameras, uh, heavy breathing. I, I got pretty much everything I expected. Um, except the glitch effect that is so overused. It's really fucking terrible. It kind of takes me out of the moment, honestly. Um, yeah. cause they even use it like, so like whenever that glitch happens, like in real life, it takes colors from the screen and like, I don't know, glitches, you know what I mean? But right. like, these are like bright neon red, green, and blue. Um, just came out of nowhere that it's obviously like a Snapchat filter. I'm not down for it. <laughs> so I got a little annoyed by like the overuse of that. Um, instead of like, I don't know, being creative and like cutting or something like that. And I understand like, like there's not a whole lot of editing because this film is given to us by some type of entity at the end of the fucking movie, <laughs> but like, I get it, but it's very frustrating. I, yeah, I would. I could definitely say that there were some scares that I feel like were kind of killed with mm-hmm. like the weird glitchy effect that they have in this movie. Uh, but I, I don't know. I really enjoy this movie. Like it really holds like a place in my heart, but I think it's because of like my first viewing experience was like completely like I was taken aback by this movie the first time I watched it. Um, Cause when I had first moved to Vegas, uh, you know, me and my roommate at the time were watching movies constantly every single night we were watching like God knows how many movies. Um, but Hell House was just randomly on Hulu. And I was like, Hell House, this seems ridiculous. And my roommate at the time was like, Oh, let's watch it. Let's watch it. Let's just watch it. And I was like, okay. And like, again, like found footage isn't something that like directly calls out to me. Um, I feel like a lot of the times, like, like the scares are very cheap. They're just, they don't work out really well. I've kind of come around to found footage and spoiler alert, we're actually doing a found footage month next month. So I'm very excited about that. Um, but for the longest time, I just, I it didn't appeal to me. It wasn't a genre or subgenre that I was interested in. And when we started this movie, I, my eyes were fucking in the back of my head. I think the beginning still is really corny, like the whole news segments on like introducing, you know, the documentary and it just, it feels so silly to me, but the movie completely like changed my mind, like more than halfway through or, you know, before I can't even speak anymore. I'm so like delirious, Um, (laughs) but yeah, I completely like just changed my mind about it as it continued to move forward. It completely freaked me out and like I went away from that viewing being terrified. So I like have that feeling with me every single time I watch it. Um, as I watch it more and more, and I usually watch it every year, like now it's kind of become a tradition for me to watch it every year around Halloween because it just scared me so much. Uh, but as I continue to watch it, it does kind of get um, a little bit more like eye rolly as time goes on. But I mm-hmm. still, I mean, the scares that scare me still scare me. <laughs> like it's still really well done, I feel like. Um, and I really enjoy this movie. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a little cheesy at mo- at times, but I feel like that's I feel like that's kind of just my like running opinion with found footage movies is that they're all just a little bit cheesy. Um, but I found it's enjoyable. Um, it's probably something that I could watch maybe yearly, but it's definitely not going to be like a comfort movie that I watch over and over again because like you said, the more you watch it, the more cheesy it gets. <laughs> yeah, very bad. Um 
And like I said in the beginning, I watched this movie three times um, <laughs> in preparation. And it was mainly because, so the first time I only made it through to like, I don't know, maybe like the 30 minute mark. And the second time we watched together. So I wanted to like watch a third time to get my thoughts together. Um, so it lost, it lost a little bit of its luster. Um, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be completely against like revisiting next spooky season at all. Oh yeah, no. Like to me, it really to me it really does feel like a movie I have to watch every year now because mm-hmm. it's so simplistic. Like it is not overcomplicated. It right. is so basic in its approach, and the story is so basic that it just makes it like easy to watch. Like it, it's not like you don't have to sit here and like pay attention too much. Really, like it's something that I will throw on in the background sometimes during spooky season and just kind of have playing, um, just because it kind of adds like a really terrifying atmosphere mm-hmm. um so that's just kind of how i look at it and i think it's i don't know i think it's a blast i will say though i mean yes because found footage in general feels cheesy because the aspect of somebody walking around with a camera the entire time is stupid if you're in any situation in any of these movies and you're just walking around with the camera you're stupid and like you can't it's difficult with found footage films because like you can't it's hard to sometimes i mean i allow myself to be like just you know just to let the movie take over but like you can't help but sit there and be like why are you still recording why are you still doing this like why is this still happening mm-hmm. and i mean we'll probably get way more into that next month when we're t- when we discuss a whole bunch of found footage films um but like it just like sometimes i have those moments in this movie too where i'm like why and every single movie always sets up you know the reason behind the camera you know we hear in this one that you know paul is requesting that or excuse me uh, alex is requesting that paul is consistently recording everything for the website and for people to see the behind the scenes features of the you know setting up of hell house so like i definitely understand why but it's just like it it you can't help but feel a little cringy at times that they're like recording everything mm-hmm. um but beyond that aspect, I, again, I mean, like, it works. Again, if you give me a decent enough reason, I'll just roll with it. Like, if you're telling me, oh, we're recording this because we got to do it for the website. I'm like, okay, sure, let's roll with it. You know, not everything's Blair Witch Project where they're, like, out in the woods recording and, you know, doing a documentary, you know. Like, I understand that that's just how it's going to work with these movies. But I think, I don't know. I think what's different about this movie and what's re- what really, like, really kind of, like, shocked me beyond just like how scary it was at times really was like the dynamic between all the characters because I really felt like they were real people which I haven't felt from a found footage film probably since Paranormal Activity before this um and then probably Blair Witch before that like it really felt like I don't know if they felt real like they felt like real people like I mean the beginning obviously set it up as to being fake fake as fuck like I couldn't get past how cheesy that beginning was but like when we actually got down to the bread and butter of watching them set up Hell House and go through their scares, at that point, they felt real. Yeah, their dynamic is really well done, like between them as friends. Probably, again, not since Paranormal Activity did I feel like this probably could have been something that actually happened. And this movie definitely gave me those vibes the entire time. Uh, like you said, just the dynamics, like the tension between everybody. And it is a high tension situation. You know, they are moving out of the big city to come to a smaller location to, you know, do their Hell House LLC production and put together this haunted house. So obviously there's a lot of tension between them already because, you know, they're leaving what they're traditionally known to be uh, or what they 
no is tradition at this point every single year putting this helmet house on and you know they're being whisked away to some random small town and you know i'd be kind of pissed off too if i'm used to like just setting up every fucking year in new york and then now all of a sudden having to fucking sleep inside this dingy place for a month i'd also be very pissed off at fucking alex but also alex is an idiot so so the most important question is who are you fucking <laughs> out of this cast? Listen. Okay, listen. <laughs> listen. The diversity, she's lacking. But, mm-hmm. like... She's painful. She is, honestly, the... The driest <laughs> white cracker bread. <laughs> Girl, no, like, every time one of them popped on the camera, I was like, oh, oh, it's a ghost. But, oh, it's the white person. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but I will say that every single one of these men, I would surely ride their face i would literally like just spread my ass cheeks wide open and i would sit on every single one of their faces truly and honestly like i don't know what it is i think you know what it is i definitely think it's the atmosphere like just seeing these men <laughs> you're like it's spooky so i'm horny yes honestly yes like just like seeing these men all disheveled and like just like really tense and worked up like also like setting up spooky decor i'm like I'm in. I'm in. I am horny. I'm rock solid. My douche is packed into the back. The douche is here, honey. She's in the Abaddon Hotel with me. And I'm running a train. Run a train on me in the basement, baby. Let's do it because they're also sexy. Well, the clowns watch. Oh, the clowns can join in. Get out, baby. <laughs> because honestly, I don't know what it is. I really honestly like. Because we start the movie, okay, and I'm probably about to talk 20 minutes about, like, my sexual exploration um, (laughs) while watching this movie, my sexual journey. But, like, we start the movie, and, like, they're all so boring and so just not it. I think Tony is probably the most, you know, conventionally attractive guy there, and he's really hot to me. Which one? Sorry. Tony. Tony. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's the one with, like, I think his eyes are blue. I don't know, whatever. Um, but everybody looks boring, okay? But as the things are, like, happening and as the scares are happening and as, like, the lighting is really dark and dim, maybe that's what it is, but it's just, like, really dark and dim and spooky. And, like, when they wake up in the middle of the night and they're all, like, in their sleeping pajamas, and like, disheveled, I'm like, let's go, baby. But, yeah, I'm fucking all of them. Is there one specifically that you would want to fuck? Mm, I'm probably fucking Mac, which is Andrew. But they call him Mac in the movie for some reason. Which one's He's that like the one? redheaded one. Oh, the redheaded one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely same. Definitely same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paul's probably the one I really wouldn't want yeah. to. For character-wise. Character-wise, he's the worst guy there. Like, he's so insufferable. Mm-hmm. I probably also, like, wouldn't be down for Alex, like, sober. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely get that vibe. Honestly, he was not it for me until that one specific scene where he, like, shows up in, like, his black wife feeder, which is awful that they're called wife feeders, by the way. Uh, but when he shows up in that black little tank top, uh, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, oh. You're like, okay, I guess. I'm pretty sure he's already crazy at that point, so that says a lot about you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, definitely fucking all of them in the basement. I don't give a fuck. Okay, fair. It's, it's going down. I'm yelling timber because... You're going down. You're yelling timber. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this movie's crazy. Okay, so, I mean, with the beginning of this movie, it's pretty chaotic, but it's also, like, it's really interesting to see, like, the, 
like the YouTube clips that they show or whatever, of like them going into the haunted house. And we see that something's going on in the basement specifically. Like they set it up at the beginning of the movie that there's something going on in the basement. So by the time we cut to the actual Hell House crew and they're like investigating the hotel for the very first time, we get down to the basement and there's Bibles everywhere, which is really random. There's pentagrams on the walls and there's like random pieces of clothing everywhere. Uh, me and Stormy kind of talked about it when we watched the movie. And, you know, our first thought was like, it's probably just like some hooligans, like kids breaking in and just <laughs> oh, hooligans. Honestly, because I mean, when you search abandoned buildings, there's always creepy shit. There's always like you're gonna die, or I'm coming to you from hell. Like there's always get out, get out. There's always creepy shit on the walls when you go into mm-hmm. pla- abandoned places because people go in there and just are hooligans, vandalize shit for fun. yeah. So I mean, that would have been my first thought. Like if I saw those pentagrams, because those pentagrams are like chalk white like they were just drawn on like the crew just came down and fucking put them there themselves so i wouldn't have been scared if i saw them but these people are like freaking out immediately but you know i just he opens one of the bibles and it sounds like an old playboy magazine that's like the pages are stuck together it's crunchy (laughs) i was like what were y'all doing to this bible i know these cold people were definitely jacking off on these bibles bro (sighs) The sacrilege? The blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. But definitely something like that was going on. Um, I will say, though, that... So we are introduced, like, to the documentary maker because she's able to interview Sarah. Like, that's how the movie starts. Sarah pops up at this documentary person's hotel, and she's like, I come and I brought in tapes that nobody's ever seen before. And so-and-so-and-so, let's talk about it. But like the interviewer and like she's, or the interviewer is like, you know, nobody's heard from her. Nobody knows where she's been. And, you know, we're really lucky to have her. I was like, are you? Like if uh, some random girl who's been missing for five years, nobody knows where she's at, pops up randomly and is like, I have evidence that nobody's seen before. (laughs) Right. Like what? I would be like red flag immediately. Red flag on the field for sure. For sure. Yeah. Sports reference. But (laughs) yeah, I would have been like, is that like a soccer thing? Um, Like flags are pretty... Universal like universal for sports, I think. They're oh, kind of okay. just like there's a violation, like gotcha, gotcha. real quick. I because I played soccer when I was a kid. I remember them having like <laughs> yellow and red flags. Yeah. So. But I think it's a football thing too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, red flag immediately. Like I would have been like, I would have been like, okay, when she says, like, oh, I've been with my family. Do you have your mom on speed dial? Let me call her. Let me me talk to her. (laughs) Proof now. Let me solidify that you've been there for five fucking years. Because as far as we know, there was only one random survivor of the staff, which was that Joey guy who killed himself eventually when people started to reach out to him. So I'd have been like, you know, if the police haven't been able to find you for five years and you're randomly turning up at my hotel out of the blue... (laughs) Like, I would be so cautious. I would be like, what is going this on? This is shady. Right? So shady. So shady. I, I maybe we're just cynical. We don't trust people. 
Because I would be like, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you're probably trying to, I mean, I'm assuming you're probably trying to keep your secret, a secret, but you're trying to kill me. Well, and again, like with any type of horror movie situation, when like somebody's like, oh, they're being stupid. And even with when when I say that, I'm a, I always have to remind myself, I was like, well, we have the knowledge that they're in a horror movie. So True. obviously if something random is happening to them in these movies, we're going to be like, you're stupid for going along with this. But like if I'm right. doing a documentary on like a haunted hotel where people went missing, saying and she uh, well maybe actually no 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 no. i that's still stupid to me if she has been missing for five fucking years nobody knows where she's at and she comes up again with a sack a sack of tapes i would be very 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 hello okay i try to scare you but it didn't work. <laughs> i tried I was, like, I was scared for a second i was like oh I froze and I went once I was frozen, I was like, okay, I got this. But then I was like, well, what do I do next? How do I scare Sorby? And it did. You I just jump at the screen. Though. Oh god. No, because I've been here creaking and popping. I probably would have pooped. <laughs> uh but yeah, she popped up and like randomly started talking to me about this. I would have been like, yeah, red flag on the field immediately. And like they ask her where she got them, and she's just like, Oh, I mean, I found them before the police did. And I'm like, mm, what? <laughs> Like, amongst all of this chaos, you found these tapes? Right. And I don't want to get into, like, I mean, whatever. Spoilers, I guess. But, like, there's even a point, too, where she talks about, like, how when she left the how house scene or whatever, like, when she was leaving the scene, like, she ran into the police. And, like, mm-hmm. um, at that point, I would have been, like, okay, well, red flag on the field again. Because there's, like, no record. Like, we don't, the police, I mean, we don't have any idea that they've spoken to you. But... The documentary maker as well, which I don't, she's stupid to me. Or maybe it wasn't her. Maybe it was one of those random experts that they had talking. But somebody mentions how it's like the first thing that the police see when they get to the scene is Paul's dead body with the self-inflicted cut at the neck. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess laceration when it sounded cooler. But like, that's the first thing that they see. So when this random ghost bitch is talking to me and she's like, oh yeah, I ran into the (laughs) cops as soon as they were coming into the door. I would have been like, if I'm like an actual like documentarian, I'm gonna be like, mm, that doesn't add up to like what I have in terms of information thus far. So you're a demon, you're a ghost. You're <laughs> you're fact checking on the field. You're <laughs> doing it on the run. Roll the tapes because this isn't working. You said, ma'am. <laughs> you know, well, uh, when I first watched this movie, when like she brought the tapes in and. Uh, Diane, the girl's talking to her, and she goes, "So you've never seen what's on these tapes?" And she's like, Mm-mm. "I'm like, okay." I would have been like rolling the TV like it's fucking science class and fucking put the VHS. <laughs> we're watching them together, bitch. <laughs> we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get your trauma live on camera because that's the kind of toxic documentary I would be. Hoping we could like jog her memory, like hit a trigger to the point where she just remembers everything, tells us the whole scoop. <laughs> Fully, honestly, like the most toxic type of production you can do. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, that would be ridiculous. That's like full, like Dr. Phil, like sitting down, like making her relive her trauma <laughs> on film. But that's what I would have done. I would have been like, let's do it. Because first off, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. You're probably not Sarah. You're probably like her evil twin sister or something. Like, I don't trust you. If you have been gone for five years, there's no like police record of them having a conversation with you or seeing you. Like if I'm researching this hotel, I should know that already. I should know that nobody knows where she's from or, you know, or where she's gone. Like she's been completely missing. And she just is like, oh yeah, I'm, 
I was able to sneak these tapes away from the police, but they also saw me really, you know, first thing when they came in, I'm like, your story's not adding up, bitch. It's not adding up. You're a dirty, nasty, lying bitch, and I don't like you. So you ended you ended your interview before it even started. So I don't know if I want to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> but also we would live. So like toss-ups, you know? Right, right, right. But yeah, I don't trust this bitch the entire movie. Like she's mm-hmm. very sus from the beginning. Her face. It's just suspicious. It's very sus. Like, like when they first entered the hotel and they're like looking around and looking at all the dirty shit everywhere. And like somebody sees a picture of that woman on the floor and they're like, this looks like Sarah. Right there, Art of been like, send her home, send her packing, send her home. She's not part right, of it. She's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> she is, I no, send her home. She's not, she cannot be inside this Abaddon hotel with me. She's gotta go. I can't look at her. I can't be here with her. I, I can't. The energy's off immediately. If we're going to a creepy place like this and I see somebody, I see a picture of the floor and it looks like you, Stormy, you gotta go. You can't be in this space <laughs> where somebody clearly was here beforehand when it, that looked like you. Like, obviously this is part of your past life. Maybe there's like some weird energetic thing happening where you're meant mm-hmm. to be here, which you know, maybe it could be something good, but in my mind, if it's an old dusty hotel, it's probably not a good thing. So right. if I saw that, I would have been like, no, go. Go if it was me. Come with me. What do you mean? Don't just send me away. I got a job to do. I got a, <laughs> I got a haunted house to put together. Okay. You gotta get the you gotta hit the road. The, your bags better be packed. But if I saw me, we live thought, in this van together. <laughs> So where am I going? Because we live in the hotel now. We have a whole LLC together, so I get it. Um, (laughs) But honestly, at that time, straight to court. Adrian said snapping contracts left and right. Divorce right here, right now. (laughs) Oh my God. Not again. (laughs) You gotta leave. But if I saw a picture of me or like somebody that looked like me, which probably wouldn't happen because I'm... I'm Mexican. There's I'm not getting cute painting pictures of <laughs> my answer just written of them. Um, but if I saw somebody who looked like me, um, I would throw myself out the window. I would head first out the window, but I got you, you guys. straight down the stairs. Yeah, I straight down the stairs. I got you guys. Don't worry about it. I <laughs> he said say less, breaks your own neck. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, this is this is weird. And clearly she seems a little off like the entire time. Like she's always staring. She's always like just looking into the distance. And I don't trust her. She speaks in tongues. <laughs> My Christian self has learned throughout the years, has been taught. <laughs> that that's not okay. <laughs> and I feel bad. Like, cause I mean, I don't think she's like a bad character or anything. She doesn't do anything. She gives us nothing beyond like just looking creepy. Uh, but if we're looking at everybody, probably the worst character probably is Paul. I just don't like his, his everything. And like the way he's like talks to that Melissa girl when she like starts working for them is like so uncomfortable. Like he's a pig. Yeah. Um, I just... He's that one person that works in the office that is constantly getting reported to HR. Oh my gosh, definitely that. And he even makes a joke about it as well to Alex, where he's like, "Oh, let me try not to get like any type of what like lawsuit or something on him." I'm like, "You probably already are. You're calling this girl bait already. I would have already been calling up my attorney uh, if you said one thing to me like that. I would have been like." Mm-mm-mm. And she's obviously uncomfortable, but she's kind of just like laughing because she probably needs the money. Yeah, she probably needs the job, so she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, he." he mm. She's a woman in a society where men are disgusting, you know. So she's just having to sit there and grin through it all and do her best because he's so disgusting, and he's like our main camera guy, so we have to deal with him the entire time. Not the entire time. 
Oh, you're right. You are right. Tony, Tony Daddy takes over for a little bit at the end there. Uh, but he, it's just ridiculous. But you know what? Let's just kind of go through the movie. Let's kind of go through the scares. Again, like nothing really happens in the movie plot-wise. Like they come to this abandoned hotel and then just spooky things happen and then they all die. Pretty straightforward. Um, but from the jump, like we see creepy shadows like immediately. And you catch it so many times in this movie, which I love. Like when the camera is just quick panning, like you always see somebody random like standing in a corner. Like there's mm-hmm. always a shadow. There's always a random person standing there. It happens so frequently that it makes you like want to be on your toes for like, every second in the movie because you're always expecting to see somebody and it happens a lot in this movie and we get it like right from the jump with them too i mean they make sure to like stop and show us the first time it happens but it happens like the rest of the movie without them having to be you know so ridiculously obvious about it Mm -hmm. you see so many cloaks (laughs) so many cloaks the cult is thriving honey in the afterlife they're living their best life at the sabaton hotel i do like like the aesthetic of the town too and of the hotel um, I will give Alex points there. Like, it definitely feels, like, really Halloween-y. So I love it. Most of the decorating is done for them <laughs> by just being abandoned on this. <laughs> what did your computer move like that? <laughs> I don't know. I gotta go. I want to, so let me just show you what I'm staring at right now. So I'm recording, and this is what I see. <laughs> I'm scared. So you're ta- we're talking about like scary shit, and I'm sending it to you right now on Snapchat. Uh, let me get pulled up. I'm scared. Not that. So creepy. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, the computer moved, and I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> not that. That is go. so scary. That is so scary. <laughs> For the people at home, I'm staring at a life-size Minnie Mouse stuffed animal <laughs> in a chair. Just making eye contact with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so once they like get electricity up and running in this place, they, they decide to stay there. So would you stay in this place? Absolutely. Well, okay. In my current like job situation, no. But if I like if this was my living, um perhaps. But, like, I'm not staying, like, by myself. Like, y'all can get fucked. We're all staying in one big room. Um, no privacy. Y'all can fuck in the shower. Because I'm not I'm not sleeping by myself. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I probably would in terms of, like, the situation. Like, if we have, you know, paid the price to be able to use this space and, like, set it up and make a haunted house... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're going to dedicate the next month and a half of our lives to like fixing this up and making it look good. Um, then, yeah, because obviously I don't want to have to like sit here and pay to like stay somewhere if I've already paid like a good amount of money for this place. So I think in the situation, it makes sense that they're staying there. Again, with our knowledge, we're like, no, you're stupid. Leave immediately. Right. But in, in their actual situation and if I was involved in that situation then yeah I probably would do it um I would probably be really uncomfortable I would probably have a crystal at every door frame just in case I (laughs) salts yes literally salts around all the beds because like it would just be a little I mean if it's an old hotel like I just you're always gonna get bad juju from like any hotel that you stay in because hotels are like where things go down you know what i'm saying like it right. could be like the nicest hotel and some type of evil shit has probably happened here so like have you seen the shining 
Right. So, oh yeah, and again, cabin fever. I also probably would be like, I mean, I mean, I probably really wouldn't be stuck inside it. I'd probably be able to go outside, but yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it would just make me really uncomfortable. But I mean, I definitely understand why they're doing it. And when they do start to stay there, we get our first like major scare, which I think is like really well done when Paul is like randomly talking to the camera at, in the middle of the night. But like the lights in the hallway are red. I'm triggered. <laughs> For what reason? Also, like, where's this red light coming from? Like, did they put in these LED light bulbs that you can change with the remote? Or, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't understand where the lighting's come from, but it's scary, and I'm not about it. Yeah, and nobody closes their doors. I don't sleep, well, no, no, I sleep with mine open, but... What? Yeah. I lock the door to my bedroom before I go to bed. I got a baby. Okay, I guess you're right. And I sometimes think about that too. And like, I think that's the only reason why, honestly. In an emergency situation, yeah, I definitely understand. But no, I, no, the door is shut. I can't. I shut the door at your house when I stay with you. Yeah. So maybe it's just like, maybe it's just my situation. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, your mom, again, like you want to be able to hear your baby, but like, I, I can't leave the door open. Yeah, no. The amount of times I roll over and like, imagine something standing in the doorway is unimaginable unimmeasurable so too often and this scene is the probably a big reason why because he's just sitting there and this ghost demon bitch just walks in behind them and stands there for a good amount of time before he finally he's just like sarah (laughs) just automatically assumes like no i'm not gonna assume that it's you you know what i mean right my instant thought is gonna be demon yeah very that murderer especially because her hair is like wild like it's really i mean i don't think he sees like that much detail but (laughs) he better if he's like staring at this thing if you see like a a silhouette of something like you're gonna Mm -hmm. like notice i feel like and sarah's hair is flat and lifeless this is not sarah so like in that moment i would have been like i would have been an nfl linebacker and fucking just Tackled her? Tackled this bitch to the ground. But yeah, he just stares. And he's just like, Sarah? And she walks she walks out of the room. And like, that's it. And he's just like, mm, well, that was the thing that happened. And I'm like, And he's no. like, that was weird. Um, also, like, backtracking just a tiny bit, like the whole, like, in the doorway. I think the reason why I'm so scared of that is a scene from Lights Out. Oh. Is like she's standing there in the doorway, and then they turn the light on, she's gone, and they turn it back off, and she's there. Yeah, I think about that a lot. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that movie. Just backtracking. I have some issues with that movie, actually. Uh, I also do too, but I, I don't think it's as bad as our uh, second episode. Mm. Okay, we're moving on. Um, <laughs> Oh my god! So in uh, in one of my rewatches for the movie for the podcast too, I tweeted about this. Uh, but I was watching. I like had my computer open and I had the notes here on one side, and then I had the movie playing on a separate like frame. I have to take my notes, yata yata yata. And then this scene was going down, so I like take my notes about it. And then my back was to because you've seen The Office, so like my back mm-hmm. is to the door. So I was in there taking my notes, and then like this ghost walks in and. I mean, I had the door cracked. The ghost box in your house? No, in the, in the movie. <laughs> oh, I was, girl, I was like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> hey, girl. hey, welcome to the party. Uh, but yeah, so I, I thought I had, ch- I thought I had shut the door, 
Um, I'm assuming I left a crack. I'm rolling with that. Um, mm-hmm. But I closed <laughs> it behind me. But when this scene happened, uh, and I had the windows open, so I'm assuming it's a draft. Right. Our, dra- our house is very drafty um, and very creaky. So in this moment, like I was taking my notes, I'm looking at the screen as this creature walks in behind Paul, and then I hear the door open behind me. It goes, at the exact same time that this is happening. No, man. So I pause, click. Like I hit the space <laughs> bar so hard. I've never hit a space bar so hard. Um, and like I like frozen in fear, sweating, sweat dripping down my fucking forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, I slowly turn in my chair and the door is like wide open. And I was like, <laughs> and like nobody was standing there, like nobody was around. So I got up and I like ran to the serious meeting, like yelled for my partner. I was like, where are you? And he was like downstairs in the downstairs bathroom. And he's like, what? I was like, why are you upstairs? And he's like, no. And I was like, hmm, okay. And I went and I closed the door and I locked it behind me and then proceeded to continue to watch the movie. But like definitely like it, I don't know. This movie has like that atmosphere to it, like where everything is just like, just, like really creepy. Um, mm-hmm. And it definitely gives you like the vibes of like checking behind your shoulders, like every single, like every chance you get, like as soon as you watch it, because it's really creepy. Yeah. The fact that I'm uh, sitting with my back against a door right now is really a struggle when we talk about this movie. I feel very cornered. <laughs> I'm scared. That's why my podcast setup is like in the corner where like right. my eye is like literally on my door and my window. So like I'm in a corner because when we talk about these things, like I'm terrified, like I can't do it. When I used to record in my closet, I was like so terrified because I didn't know what was happening outside. Like I was like, I don't know what's happening beyond this closet. Door. I used to be terrified to open the door, dude. Mm-hmm. I was so scared to open the door after every single recording. I was scared. But now it's easy because like I can visually see everything, um, you know, and my partner's really loud. So if anything's going on downstairs, I'll hear it. So yeah, like I, I really do get freaked out talking about shit. Yeah. Uh, look at us. We've come so far from <laughs> recording in closets, but there was one episode where I was like trying to like set the vibes and I had like a cool colored light on and I didn't have the big light on. And I was, that was back when I was drinking every episode heavily. <laughs> heavily girl and, there was um, a time go back everybody if you can go back and like figure out which ones they are there was a time where every episode i was fucking stoned every single episode i was flying <laughs> on that guy trying and to I was keep just course drinking our ass off and Stormy was just staring at me well i mean at the beginning though like we were like having quarantines so, like this was like a fun casual yeah. time for us um so yeah we were drinking a whole bunch but i'm talking like two months ago <laughs> Two months ago, girl, go listen to those episodes and I'm fucking zooming. And you can probably tell when I'm zooming, but probably not because I talk like a lot either way, but. I don't know, but I got so scared during that one episode that I had to turn the light on and I was just sitting in this closet scared off my ass. Like, I gotta go. I think we we're talking about aliens and I was like, Mm-mm, I'm about to get beamed up right now. Beam me up, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you know what? Hell House, let's go ahead and wrap everything up real fast. I mean, there's so much still. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we do get like a little bit of a backstory with the hotel as well. Uh, we get a few details on the owner of the Abaddon Hotel. You know, we see a very small moment with the scare actor, Melissa, or with the scare actor, Melissa, who's like telling mm-hmm. Paul about like the rumor and the story and like the in the town about the owner, you know, hanging himself in the hotel. Um, And we kind of get like the backstory then, you know, that in some versions of the Bible, Abaddon is the name of the demon that guards the gates of hell. And Tertulli, or Tully, excuse me, 
named Andrew Tully, who is the owner of the Abaddon. Uh, you know, he was believed to have been like a leader of a cult. He thought of himself as what they say a modern day, or as what they say is a modern day Dante. So we definitely hear about, you know, his backstory a little bit there. Uh, we do hear about like a high profile case that happened when a mother and a daughter go missing and their last known location was the Abaddon Hotel. And even though he was able to show documentation that they checked out, which I mean, nobody believes that, you know, they still lost business because of this. So he ended up hanging himself. And it makes me laugh that like they then show us like a picture of him hung and then but i'm like it's still a rumor though like you, that's not circulating on the internet or they, they just like assume maybe it's fake i don't know but like if that picture was like on the internet i'm just gonna believe that it fucking happened and also like it's only 80s right it was 89 yeah and it also says on the picture like police crime scene photo or something like that so like how is this a rumor <laughs> They said, it's a conspiracy. The police are in on that. <laughs> but yeah, but when they were talking about him, I was like, oh yeah, the 20s, mm-hmm, crazy times. And then like the show described the, the photo and it's like 1989. I was like, what? <laughs> this happened in the 80s? I was like, girl, no. Like it, it didn't happen long ago for it to be like a rumor. It happened almost in the 90s, for Christ's sake. Like it was only like 30 years ago, like. It's not going to be like that much of a mystery. Like it mm-hmm. seems like it's, and especially if it's like a high profile situation. Like I don't understand why they're like acting like it's like not real. But obviously, uh, Alex is like really turned off by it. He doesn't want Paul to know. Like he's freaking out because he knew about this. Obviously, when he decided to put the haunted house here, and like nobody else knew about it, so that would piss me off. Like if I found out like there was some crazy ass story like that about this place, and you didn't tell me that before we started to sleep <laughs> here, right? I'd be pissed. I'd be so pissed with him. I mean, that's very, um, that's very like sinister vibes where mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, ignore this tragedy. Look at this beautiful house. And like, <laughs> that's exactly what Alex is like. Listen, this is the perfect place for us. We're good. Yeah. He's like, I don't know anything about the history. And then like shift, like shifts his eyes to the camera, like <laughs> the fucking full on office moment where he's like, hmm. <laughs> like the meme of the kid with the ice cream code when he's like silent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very Alex in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at that moment, I would have taken that camera like they do to Sarah at the end and start beating him with it. Bop, bop, bop. Because I would be like, you piece of shit asshole. Like, I, I couldn't. I would be so pissed off with him if he did that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think friendships would be like, Friendships would be broken over something like that if he does this to me for sure. Yeah. And again, like their dynamic is very believable. Like they really do seem like friends. There's that moment at the beginning of the movie, like when they first move into the hotel and they're talking about like, you know, past experiences with them hosting a haunted house. And um, it seems really fun. Like it seems like a fun environment to be a part of. They seem like they really enjoy each other's company. But again, at the same time, like there's a lot of tension between them because again, you know, they're in a different situation. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in this new location. And as things start to unfold, it even gets, you know, more chaotic between all of them. Um, because then like when we cut to like the first like major scare of the movie, which is like the best scare of the movie, obviously, like the one scene that haunts me to this day. 
But when Paul's walking around with the camera and he sees Andrew or Max sitting there, you know, there's just them two at the moment. And he walks towards the basement staircase and then we see the clown standing there. And they did establish this clown a little bit earlier in the film. They have three clowns that are down in the basement. And this one specifically is really terrifying, has like a really scary mask. Um, and like they make sure to tell us that, you know, he is his head can't move. Like the mannequin, the dummy, like it can't move its head. Um so when we get to this staircase scene, the clown's there staring down the stairs. And obviously Paul's like, oh, you know, it's Tony or something. And so he like, the camera pans down the staircase. And when we turn back, the fucking clown's staring right at him. I shit myself the first time I watched that. Like I literally, I get chills thinking about it now. Like it's too much for me. This is where I stopped the first time I watched it. I like saw that and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Just turned it off for the night. I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't know if I can watch this before bed. So well done. Like it is like so simple, but like so well done. Like they give us again, like just like the simple dialogue earlier of being like his head can't move. And mm-hmm. then like the scare is so again, so bare bones. Like it, all it is is us seeing his that his head is moved on its own. It's so fucking scary. Like it's so unsettling. And he thinks it's Tony. So then he walks back casually like super casual he's like oh it's tony then he walks back to andrew and tony's there with him and then he starts to freak out and he shows everybody and like they think he's pulling a joke on them at that point i would have been like we gotta stop like we need to figure out what's happening here like we know that this man hung himself here we know that he was like a cult leader for some type of demonic shit and now this clown is moving on its own so let's maybe reassess the situation but they don't, they just keep going. I would have questioned my friends too. So like you're playing, you insist I'm playing a joke on you, but like, how am I doing this on my own? You know what I mean? Like, how am I filming it and moving him and like everything all by myself? Right. Like, how am I, like, do you really think I have the time to sit here and edit this? And like, (laughs) if it's like a tape. Like Alex's biggest thing is like, he doesn't want things to be edited. He wants it to be like the natural experience. So like, obviously Paul's like not, in the editing room you know what i mean like right the fuck <laughs> it's just it's honestly ridiculous it really is like so like i would have pissed like if you really didn't believe me and i don't know how paul just like goes along with it because after that happened to me i and then maybe maybe also he just assumes that they are still pulling a prank on him which is going to add to the tension that like nobody believes each other they all probably think that one of them is like just pulling a prank on them and they're just trying mm. to go along with it. But no, that that is so, so terrifying. And then we get the ridiculous scene of them in the comer- uh in the park doing their commercial. But that's when Sarah's doing her fucking sketchy ass shit and just staring at a fucking religious statue. Yeah, if I ever zone out just on a random like fucking cross, please step me. <laughs> but yeah, it's honestly insane. We get another really good scare where they're like testing out the strobe lights. Um, in this instance, too, with like Paul, I'm like, why are you recording this? I don't understand why you're recording the testing of the strobe lights like this, but maybe I guess I can see why. But we get like a cool little scare where there's like a figure in the hall as the strobes, uh, strobe lights are happening. And the actor really threw up because of this. Yeah. And he's like, how many, <laughs> how many statues do I have in this hallway? <laughs> and they're all three or whatever. And there's four. And he's all, again, the glance at the camera, like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, and then that just adds more tension. Like, at that point, like, he's really having an argument with Alex. Like, they're really fucking fighting. Um, Everybody's, like, really uncomfortable at this point. Right. Uh, But then, like, things get really, really wild when 
one random night, Paul wakes up and Andrew's in the hallway and the fucking clown's at the bottom of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Just standing there. And I'm like, no, baby, if it is like 3 a.m. and this clown is just down there at the bottom of the stairs like that, I couldn't. Like, I would be done. And then when they're trying to move him back to the basement, they see Sarah standing in a corner by herself, speaking in tongues in a foreign language, as the subtitles likes to tell us. And at that point, the clown statue disappears and like they're just fucking gin. They're running around this hotel. They're terrified. And at this point, everybody really is like done with the experience. But Alex is obviously like, do you not like making money? You don't like business? And I'm like, you are so stupid. Your girlfriend is shooting bricks and you don't care. Right. Fun fact about her speaking in quote unquote tongues. If you play it backwards, um, it's just her saying that like her first line where she said that. And then I turned around and their police were there. Is pretty much what it is. Oh, well, when I watch it every single time, it's so clearly that it's just like speaking backwards. It doesn't sound like a language. It sounds like she's speaking backwards. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Interesting. Okay, that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, pretty much shit just kind of hits the fan after that situation because then we get another really good scare with Paul when he pretty much disappears from the movie for a bit where he's in bed um, and he wakes up one night, he turns on the light and there's a random woman just sitting in his room. Mm-hmm. So, so scary. And then like he gets underneath the covers. She gets closer. The- yes! And he gets underneath the covers with the camera and like every time he moves it, like she's first just staring at him and then she gets closer and closer. And I do think that this scare is ruined when they show at the very end and like it gets all glitchy and stuff. Yeah. I was kind of like, that was kind of lame. But the buildup was stellar. Like it was also a really good scare for a minute. Like I was really unsettled. Yeah. Um, I always think that's what's going to happen whenever I like, I don't know. I always think that there's going to be a ghost two two inches from my face when I lift up that blanket. And so, like, that one really speaks to me. And like you said, they just fucking ruined it with that editing. Yeah, it was a little too, it was a little corny. Um, But, you know, it's still really good setup and it's still really good scare. But then Paul goes missing after this and nobody cares. They're like, oh, he's pulling a prank on us. I'm like, no. like. And then Alex is being a terrible fucking friend. He's like, this is what he does. This is Paul. Fuck Paul. And I'm like, why are you like this? Like, why, yes. you, why is everybody friends with you? Because you're very obviously a money-hungry fucking asshole. Right. Like, the experience isn't fun anymore. Like, when we're right. like not having a fun time putting on a haunted house... And you're ruining it with your attitude? Like, I would be so done. And when one of our friends goes missing, but honestly, all these men are garbage because none of them care. Like, literally nobody cares. They're all just like, oh, yeah, Paul's gone. Oh, well. And I'm just like, and I understand that he's insufferable and they're probably just happy that he's fucking gone. And there's probably like this crazy, and we feel that toxic environment that they're in and their toxic, like, interactions with one another. So maybe they're just like super relieved that he's gone. But it's still so concerning. Like, it really is concerning. Um, at this point, Tony starts, like, recording some things. And, you know, we get some creepy moments down in the basement with them and with the clowns again when Andrew right. and Tony are down there when they find Paul. Um, that seems also pretty creepy. So is that a freezer that they walk into? Because I was very scared that they were going to get locked in whatever room they walk into. I thought it was a freezer, a freezer too. But, like, it's, like, yeah. I think it's, like, just, like, a random room, maybe. But, like, nobody has, like, a metal room like that with, like, a emergency button i mean i don't know what this hotel is doing i I don't know their prerogative but uh i mean it's a meat locker obviously for the people that they're killing in this basement (laughs) but yeah that seems creepy as well um it's not as creepy as the other clown scene but it's really well done and they do see paul there and he's like really 
unsettling. But they continue forward. They open up the fucking haunted house still. And then all hell breaks loose. We see that crazy shit goes down in the fucking basement. And yeah, at this point, we kind of get like then to the end of the movie where Sarah uh, is talking to the documentarian again. And she's like, well, you know, that's it. So you should definitely go check it out. And like at this point, especially again, she's already a sus bitch to me. But when she's like, Mm -hmm. you should go. You should go. Go to the hotel. I would have been like, like, no, bitch. This is very obviously a trap. Very obviously a trap. And then the documentarian's like, oh, yeah, you know, are you in the hotel? She's like, yeah, I'm in room 2C. And I'm just like, "Mm, this is just too, like, if she's telling me so, like, aggressively to go check it out, I would have been like, no, Mm -mm ma'am. But this Diane bitch is so dumb, so fucking stupid. She runs down to the front desks and asks what room Sarah's in, which is highly illegal. I don't even know why they were like, let me check our records to see where this random woman is. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can't do that. (laughs) You can't do that. Like, that's so silly. But when she's like, she's in room 2C. And she's like, we don't have, like, rooms with letters on them. And at that point, also, it's like, Dan, if you're staying here, do you not also not realize that there isn't rooms with letters on them? Are you this stupid? Right. Like, if yours doesn't have a letter, then why would anybody, when, why would any other room have a letter to it? She's honestly the stupidest person. And then she clearly is, because then she runs to the hotel. We get some moments of them looking into the hotel. You know, they see the blood on the floor, the stains, which is kind of what caused, I guess, like, the rumors for this hotel, like, really turning the pickup pace, because some random person had gone in there and took pictures and they saw blood everywhere. Right. Um, so she goes in there. We're walking around the hotel. There's like literally, I can probably I count at least three times where there's like a random person standing in the corner. Um, but like they're they're looking around, they're staring, and then they get upstairs. Um, and it's room two C. And you know the the camera guy's like, "Bitch, we gotta fucking go. This is Diane's like, we're going, we're going in." And then like she fucking opens the door, and Sarah's standing there on the bed, or she's sitting there on her bed, the bed that her and Alex were sharing. And she turns around, and her face is so creepy, and all these cult guys pop up and just attack them, and they kill them. Um, but before this, also, uh, we get like a moment where after Sarah leaves, and it says like another person who like reviews the actual tapes. So. He's like stays behind. Yeah, to review the tapes. Was I mean, like I was like, girl, why would you not look at those tapes before you go into this haunted place, anyways? But again, Diane's right. stupid as fuck. Um, but like, he sees a clip of Sarah pretty much dying. Like, she picks up the camera because we're like all over the place. But when all the shit breaks loose and people start screaming, and the you know the people inside the haunted house are like freaking out, all the you know customers are freaking out. You know, they run upstairs and they see that Alex has hung himself in the very top attic, in the attic. Yeah. yeah and then we cut to a moment where sarah picks up the camera and she like runs downstairs and she runs into paul who takes the camera from her and like beats the shit out of her until she's like a bloody pulp and then she gets dragged off screen and then paul kills himself so then of course that guy who was reviewing the tapes was like trying to get in touch with diane but when he calls her she's like Beep, Ignore. Later. <laughs> so stupid but yeah, so then we, at that point, we know that Sarah's obviously dead and a demon of some sort or something. I don't know what she is. I don't know if she's just possessed. Yeah, because she gets dragged off fucking camera by whatever snaggly tooth ghost is there. Because it makes the, it makes the weirdest, like, wet sound. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. And the movie ends with them playing, like, the piano 
uh, tune that Paul was playing earlier in the movie. Really creepy and, you know, really solid ending. Again, it's really simple. Like, it is not overly complicated. It is a good time. There is really, honestly, genuine scares in this movie um, all the way up into the end. Um, Although some of them can be a little bit corny at times, like the glitch effect. I mean, everything in this movie just hits right for me. Other than, like, the shitty glitch effects that I, we've I've shit on several times now. There's nothing that I would really change for it being um, a found footage movie and like expecting the shakiness and stuff like that. It's not overdone. I don't feel like motion sick, like some movies make me feel. Um, I don't know. It feels like it was made on a budget of $35 and I love it. Yeah, same. I think it's great. It's one of my favorite found footage horror films, like genuinely, because mm-hmm. again, the relationships between everybody feels realistic. And that's like my biggest thing when it comes to found footage films is like making the situation where you're running around with a fucking camera and like a dire situation feel realistic. Like that's my biggest thing. I think that's where found footage sometimes misses the mark. Uh, there's, I mean, and since then, there's been a lot of good movies that I've seen within the genre that really kill it. Like the Poughkeepsie tapes is really good. Uh, the taking of Deborah Logan is fucking frightening. And sometimes on found footage can hit that sweet spot of it actually making sense and like making it feel believable. I think that's where they struggle sometimes. And this mm-hmm. movie, to me, it hits smart. Beyond, like, the beginning, again, like, the news footage and the documentary stuff is kind of silly. But everything that happens with the actual crew inside Hell House is great. Um, and I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a must-watch for the spooky season. So if you've never seen it, I would definitely check it out. Yeah, it is streaming for free on so many places that, like, there's really no excuse. Like, I genuinely, it was on uh, Voodoo. It's on... Tubi, it's on Amazon Prime. There's a pretty good version on YouTube. Um, so I mean, it's very easily accessible. Uh, not that long. All the sequels are on Shutter. Have you seen any of the sequels? No, not at all. The second one's bad, very bad. Uh, that's unfortunate. It's so bad that I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> I was watching an interview and it's like the writer said that he always intended it to be a trilogy that like each movie is an act within the same play in his mind is what he said. So gosh, please. Mm. The second one's so bad. Like they really dive into Andrew Tully in that one. Mm. But like the characters are so stupid in that movie. Like that's the one thing I remember is like thinking like how stupid they are. And again, and that's again where found footage has an issue with me at times where the characters are just like so stupidly unbelievable as people Mm -hmm. um where this one you know it doesn't feel like that i mean although they do seem stupid at times um they just they feel like real people they do and i really enjoy that about this movie but yeah it doesn't feel long like stormy says it's like it really honestly like feels like it starts and ends super fast every same like every single time that i watch it i feel like the pacing's really good like sometimes with found footage um like i feel like there's a lot of filler because you kind of have to because you're filming everything, but it doesn't feel like dragged out. I feel like the pacing's really well. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I definitely think it's paced really well. You're never bored with this movie. Right. Anytime that I thought like my mind started turning, like what's going to happen, I'm getting kind of bored. I'm falling it, asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime I got like that kind of like shifty eye feeling where, you know, like you kind of want to go do something else, mm-hmm. um, something else happened and I was instantly started walking. So it's, it's good shit. Um, I would definitely watch it. 
So good stuff. It's so good. Check it out. Um, we are going to wrap up this spooky season month with a very special discussion on Halloween Kills. Uh, we're going to get crazy with that episode. And next month, y'all, we're heading into November. And again, it's going to be a found footage palooza. Uh, fingers crossed we'll be here all of November uh, through the end of the year. Oh, it's crazy to think that we're like on track for almost a whole other year of slasher. So honestly, it's going to be like 10 years before you know that. Oh my God, I'm really old. Oh, it's, yeah. Honestly, uh, we'll get better with age. I'm aging like fine wine. Yeah, like the fine The wine, wine in the fucking cellar in New York that's hot and stinky Pinot Grigio. <sighs> Girl. Okay, well, let's rate it then really fast. What did we rate this movie out of five? Stinky P- Pinot Grigio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, five striped clowns. Yeah, okay. Let's out of five clowns, what do we rate this movie? I'd say she's like a solid four, which oh wow. Being me. I was stunned. I was gonna give it like a three, three and a half, maybe. Okay, okay, it's so like a 3.8, solid 3.8. But only because of the glitches, like the glitch effect, because I'm very upset with that. I know it's the dumbest thing to be upset <laughs> over, but we're here. That's what I do. I give it three and a half because, I mean, it packs a lot of punches with the scares, which, I mean, I live for. But it does lose me a little bit in, uh, with its simplicity, I guess, a little bit. Because, it, it, again, like, it's just like, really simple. Like, it doesn't do too much. It doesn't feel like it's groundbreaking in any way. So it's great. The, scare, the scares are great. But, yeah, three and a half uh, out of five. Clowns, Stripe clowns. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stormy, where can everybody find us? Let's wrap up. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us streaming on pretty much every platform, including Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can email us at slash her pod at gmail.com and stick with us for yet another month of slasher. We love you so much. Stay spooky, guys. Facebook, everybody. Bye. Bye.